Today's scripture reading contains selected passages from the book of Proverbs. The references are listed in the bulletin. A good name is to be chosen over great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. With his mouth, the ungodly destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge, the righteous are rescued. A city is built up by the blessing of the upright, but it is torn down by the mouth of the wicked. Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. A gossip's words are like choice food that goes down to one's innermost being. A gossip goes around revealing a secret, but a trustworthy person keeps a confidence. A wicked person listens to malicious talk. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. A contrary person spreads conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. The one who reveals secrets is a constant gossip. Avoid someone with a big mouth. Without wood, fire goes out. Without a gossip, conflict dies down. Argue your case with your neighbor himself, and do not reveal another's secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you, and your ill repute have no end. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Lori. As you can tell, the message is going to be about gossip. Um, did you hear what happened with? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. This fall, we're in a series on the book of Proverbs. The theme of Proverbs can be summed up in two words. Get wisdom. You could say that's the theme verse of the entire book of Proverbs, Proverbs 4-7. Wisdom in the Bible, as we've been talking about, is living with the grain. Living with the grain of how God designed us and how God designed life to work. The wise person is not book smart, but life smart. They understand how God designed themselves and life to function and to flourish. The opposite of the wise person in the book of Proverbs is called the fool, and that's not an insult. That's a term for someone, according to the book of Proverbs, that leaves God out, that tries to live and think independently about life and ends up living against the grain. The one area of life, probably more than any other, that Proverbs says can show us where are we? Are we... Living with the grain in wisdom, or are we trying to live against the grain in foolishness? The one area, more than any other, that can show us this is our relationships, our relationships with other people. Do we know how to repair them when they're strained or broken? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Do we know how to talk to people with words that don't hurt but words that bring healing in life. We talked about that last week. This morning, we're going to focus in on wisdom for how to talk about other people. Question for you. How much of our talking, how many of our words per day do you think are used to talk about other people? Just think about that for a moment. I don't have the, the answer, I don't have the, the percentage, but what do you think it is? I knew I'd be preaching a sermon on this, and 
Uh, so I've been eavesdropping as much as I can on people's conversations and paying attention to my own. And you can go ahead and try that out this week. And my very unscientific conclusion about how many of our words are used to talk about other people is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. So much of what we're doing is talking about other people who are not there, who are not a part of the conversation. And in my observation, in my opinion, how we talk about other people in our current cultural climate and all that we're living through in our time right now is one of the most toxic and destructive elements at work. It's always been an issue, yes, and every time in culture. It was 3,000 plus years ago when these proverbs were written about gossip and slander. But today, with the level of division we are experiencing, with all the disagreement and how those things are so quickly and easily inflamed, how they're intentionally inflamed by the media. I know it's an easy, you know, an easy hobby horse uh, to beat, but by the media, by social media. They are designed to inflame our disagreements, to get us to click on things that are talking bad about other people. And with the threat that we face of being canceled or whatever we want to call it for one post, one statement we make, we need this wisdom. Maybe, yeah, more than we ever have. And I felt it needed its very own sermon and that's what we're going to talk about today, because if we don't get this wisdom, I don't think we have a choice. We'll just be sucked into all of that, all of the toxic ways we talk about other people today and contribute to the wreckage. But if we get this wisdom, I believe it can be one of the most powerful ways that we give other people a glimpse of who Jesus is and bear witness to him. So let's talk about this. Two main points. They're not in the bulletin, but if you want to follow along, they'll be um, displayed on the PowerPoint. Two main points. They're very similar to last week's points. How to talk about people. How we talk about people, sorry. How we talk about people. And then lastly, we'll look at how Jesus talks about us. Point one has a, a number of subpoints. In my study of the book of Proverbs this week, I identified four, four pieces Four parts of the wisdom Proverbs gives us for how to talk about people. First, we need to know what is at stake. Proverbs first wants us to know and to understand what is at stake anytime we talk about another person. We do it so often. It's what happens at the water cooler, in the break room, in the hallways, in the locker rooms, etc. It's just the conversation that happens, we can lose sight of what is really at stake when those conversations take place. Proverbs 22.1 tells us, we'll put it up on the screen, a good name is to be chosen over great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. If you would humor me and do this experiment, you, could you write your name down if you're taking notes? Just write your own name down in your bulletin. If you don't want to write, just think of your own name. How much is it worth to you? How valuable is your name? Your name is your reputation. 
Your name is who you are in the minds of other people. Your name is you when you're not there. It's the you that exists apart from your actual presence. And Proverbs teaches a good name is far more valuable than any amount of money. It's an easy choice. If you're rich and everybody thinks you're a terrible person and nobody wants to be around you, you're rich and you're miserable. But if you have a good name, it opens up other good things in life to you. And what we'll see as we go through these Proverbs is that while we have a lot of influence over our names, a lot, right, by what we say, by what we do, how we act, we influence what other people think about us. We influence and contribute to that you that is us that exists when we're not there. But what Proverbs is saying is we don't have all the power over our names. Other people uh, and how they talk about us have great power to enhance or to ruin our names. And so there is much at stake anytime we are talking about another person. People will avoid you or want to get to know you based on your name. Your name opens up doors of opportunity or keeps them closed based on what other people say about you and how they talk about you. It shuts you out of certain relationships and certain groups, or it gets you into those relationships and those groups based on how other people talk about you. A person's name can determine their career, their promotions, their salary. A person's name affects all their relationships at workplace, at school, in the neighborhood, and in the family. So there you see the consequences are many. They're economic, they're social, and they're psychological. That's all at stake. I think it was last year, um, one of my sons found this video, went viral, and he's like, you got to see this video. It was the end of college football season when they play their bowl games. It was Wisconsin versus Arkansas. And the, the bowl game was, the, what was it called? The Duke's Mayo Bowl. Named after mayonnaise. What a great, what a great. So they got the trophy, the Duke's Mayo Trophy in Wisconsin won, and they were celebrating in the locker room, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And the guy had it in his hands, <laughs> and you know what happens, right? He, he dropped it. It was made of crystal, Lennox crystal, this valuable crystal. And so he's celebrating, they're going crazy, and the thing shatters on the locker room floor, and it's in pieces. Every time you talk about someone's name, you take their name on your lips. You're holding their name. You are dealing with something valuable and fragile and consequential. That's what's at stake. And maybe we can flip it around to ourselves. Anytime somebody takes your name on their lips, it's like they're holding that crystal ball that is your name. How do you want them to treat it? Do you want them jumping around? Hey, 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 Eric Kapoor, let's do it. You don't want them dropping your name and shattering it before other people. That's what's at stake. The second piece of wisdom Proverbs gives us for how to talk about people is knowing when it can do great damage, knowing when we can shatter somebody's name, even when we don't realize that we're doing it even when we don't intend to drop it and shatter it. 11.9, Proverbs 11.9, with his mouth, the ungodly destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous are rescued. This is saying you can destroy your neighbor with your mouth. 
just with your mouth. How? Proverbs tells us it's through gossip, slander, and bearing false witness. This is the unholy trinity of talking about other people. Let's talk about gossip first. There's a lot that Proverbs says about it. Let's put up a number of these passages up on the screen. What is gossip? And I'll go back to these passages in a second. In the broadest terms, gossip is speaking about someone in a negative light to another person. One scholar would define it like this, speaking to third parties about a person with the intention of harm and not help. A gossiper is one who shares information or opinions about someone to their own advantage and to the disadvantage to the person that they are speaking about. Think about it. What kind of advantage does gossip give you? People want to hear what you have to say. So you have their attention. You're someone people listen to. You can gain people's approval. When you say, did you hear what happened to, right? Or you'll never believe what so-and-so did or said. People are drawn into you. You get the advantage to the disadvantage of the other person. Look at Proverbs eleven thirteen. Gossip is sharing something about someone that should be kept in confidence. Either just not spoken or kept between you and the other person. A gossip goes around revealing a secret, but a trustworthy person keeps a confidence. Other people have no business knowing about that. Proverbs twenty nineteen, the one who reveals secrets is a constant gossip. Avoid someone with a big mouth. There you go. Straight up says it. Gossip reveals secrets, things that are meant for you and the other person only. Proverbs twenty six twenty, the last one there. Without wood, fire goes out. Without a gossip, conflict dies down. Gossip, once shared, it, it takes on a life of its own. Once you speak about it to somebody else, you don't know what they're going to do with it. You can't control it. It's like lighting a match in the, fi- in the woods in Santa Ana wind conditions. And you say, I'm going to take this match. Oh, you know, I'll just light this leaf on fire. No big deal. And the whole forest burns. That's the picture in 2620. If you look at all these together, taken together, these Proverbs describe the damage that can happen. When we talk about other people like this, gossip betrays trust, spreads conflict, separates friends, and inflames conflict beyond our control. That's gossip. Proverbs also address slander. That's a cousin to gossip. Proverbs 10, 18. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Slander is speaking untruthfully of someone else with a harmful intent. And often we do it not just with a blatant lie, but with a half-truth, right? With an innuendo. We insinuate something about someone else, or we exaggerate the truth, so it becomes deceit. For yourself, not for their good or benefit. Proverbs 10, 18 is saying, when we conceal that we're upset with another person. This is what often happens. Something happens, we're upset about it, we're upset by what somebody does, but we conceal it, we hide it. Instead of talking to that person, we talk about this person to someone else. And it's almost always in ways that are not wholly truthful, that are not fully truthful. False witness. Whoever speaks The truth declares what is right, but a false witness speaks deceit. 
There is an important place, this proverb says, of speaking the truth, sometimes hard truth, sometimes about someone to someone else. There's a place for that. We're called to truthfulness. But there's never a place to give a false picture of someone else's words or their actions or their character. This is the ninth commandment. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. And here, you take all this together and we realize whenever we speak to someone about someone else, it is very hard to give a true and accurate picture of them to the person listening, isn't it? Because they're only hearing our side of the story. They're only getting our perspective. And when we share only partial truths and we leave out parts of the story and we emphasize what we want, we are damaging that person's name. And both gossip and slander then are almost always forms of false witness, giving people a false picture of someone else. There's more. There's another way that this kind of talk can damage people, and that's not just by speaking it or saying it, but by listening to it. Proverbs 17.4, a wicked person listens to malicious talk. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. It's not just the one talking about the other person. Damage is done to the one who is listening. The choice to listen here in this proverb is called wicked. It's called lying. What this is saying is by paying attention to destructive speech, you are complicit in the lying. You are participating in painting a false picture of that person. You're taking it in and you're receiving it and you're not doing anything about it. You're allowing their name to be damaged and you're not challenging it and you're allowing it to spread. Why do we do it then? Say, okay, I get it. I can see it. Why do we do it? Proverbs, it tells us why. A gossip's word. Let's go to the next slide. Eight, Proverbs 18 and 26, 22, they are identical. For some reason, in the book of Proverbs, these Proverbs appear twice. So there's something we need to pay attention here. A gossip's words are like choice food that goes down to one's innermost being. Hearing gossip is like being offered your favorite treat. Do you want some cheesecake, Eric? Yes, always yes. Do you want a California burrito? Yes. Do you want pho from Pho 79? Yes, always. Whatever your favorite treat is, Proverbs says it's like being offered it, and you're hungry, and you're like, would you ever say no to your favorite treat? Proverbs says that is the allure of gossip. Did you hear what this person said? Tell me more. Did you hear what they did? Do you want to know? Yeah. Give me more. Studies have shown that the reward center in the brain is activated by negative gossip. The same part of the brain that's activated when we hear positive gossip about ourselves, when somebody's saying, did you hear how awesome they are? Did you hear how great they are? That same part of the brain is activated when we hear some negative gossip about another person. Isn't that interesting? Once gossip goes in, once you hear it, though, you can't unhear it. It irreplaceably, 
if I can say that word, irrepressibly shapes our view of the other person. And it undermines our ability to love and respect them. This is why George Harrison of the Beatles, did you see the quote at the beginning? He wrote a song where he said, gossip is the devil's radio. Oh yeah, gossip, gossip, oh yeah, runs thick and fast. No one really sees quite what bad it can do. As it shapes you into something cold, like an Eskimo igloo. It's all across our lives like a weed it's spread till nothing else has space to grow. The devil's radio. It's a good song. You should listen to it. How can we stop the damage of gossip, of slander, and false witness? A few thoughts of application, and we're going to come back to this. Would I say this, if you're the one speaking, would I say this if this person were here? You've probably heard that before, but it's important to bring it up after we've gone through all this. Would I say this about this person if they were here? Then why am I not saying it to them directly? Proverbs 25, 9 and 10 says, argue your case with your neighbor himself. Do not reveal another secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you and your ill repute have no end. Deal with it one-on-one. If I'm concerned about another person, something going on with them, something they said or did, does me sharing this help me discern how I can best help them? Is this other person I'm sharing this with the right person to help me with that? Can I talk about this person truthfully? Do I even know enough to be accurate? Is this the kind of thing that I would want somebody sharing about me? And if you are listening... Just to ask the question, why am I listening to this? Will I be able to serve, help, and contribute to what is right for this person and in this situation? Or will this damage the way I see and relate to this other person? Proverbs gives us a lot of wisdom on knowing when this kind of talk can cause great damage. But there is a flip side too. Proverbs also tells us there's a way that talking about others can do great good. Proverbs 31.8, speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, defend the cause of the oppressed and the needy. Sometimes speaking up for the voiceless means speaking out against people who are oppressing the voiceless, the people who are treating others unjustly. And God says do it when we're commanded to do it, and it can bring great good. Proverbs 11, 11 says, a city is built up by the blessing of the upright, but it is torn down by the mouth of the wicked. Blessing here, look at this, is contrasted to mouth. The mouth of the wicked, the blessing of the upright. That's the contrast. So what we're, what we're given here is spoken blessing, a proverb about speaking words about others that build up and bless. When the upright, those with integrity, speak words of blessing, it builds up an entire community, an entire city can be built by that. That's how much power it has for good. So words we speak about others can damage and destroy an individual. They can tear down cities and communities, but they can create a community that flourishes. I was thinking about this illustration as I was talking to one of my friends. He has a younger 
uh, younger daughter. She's only um, like one and a half. I was remembering back when our kids were young, this is what often happened. Uh, when you're a parent playing with kids or anytime you're playing with kids, you've, even if you're just hanging out with them here in our nursery, you build up something like with blocks, right? Some big tower. It could be a Jenga tower or those soft little blocks and bricks, and you build it up really high. What is the natural instinct of the toddler? Just smash it down, right? They smash it down, and they look to you, and you go, oh, no, you broke my tower, and they just laugh and love it, right? Yeah, do it again. I love to break stuff. And you're like, help me build it. No, you build it. I want to break it and smash it to pieces. Just love it. This says, this proverb says, okay, gossip tears down, communities and blessing builds up. But speaking and listening to gossip is so much more fun than speaking blessing. We're so much more drawn to it. When you see the clicks on the internet and you're like, oh, look, a good story about, look, this good Samaritan did this good thing. Maybe I'll click it once. Okay, that was cool. That was nice. Oh, but look, this person did this evil thing and wicked thing. Look, this is an article about somebody who's gone to their demise. Click, 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 click. We can't get enough of those stories. Why? Why is that? Even if we know the damage it can do, the fourth piece of wisdom Proverbs gives us for how to talk about people is what it reveals about us. Proverbs eleven twelve. Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, literally lacks heart, but a man of understanding remains silent. This is a very important proverb, eleven twelve, because it gets to the root of how we talk about other people. What does our need to criticize and talk about others reveal about us? The proverb says something very important. What is our desire to listen to that kind of talk, reveal about us. This proverb, Proverbs 16, 28, again takes this matter straight to the heart. Something about our hearts are being revealed there. The heart of a wise person instructs his mouth. Like we saw last week, if you were here, Jesus says, out of the overflow of our hearts, whatever's inside of us will come out of us in our words. James 3 makes this same connection. I don't have a slide here, but I'm going to read from James 3, verses 6 through 12. James says, the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body. It sets the course of life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. And James is not pulling any punches here, saying this is the damage it can do. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring Pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives? My brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a saltwater spring 
yield fresh water. James is saying what Proverbs, what Jesus is saying, our words reveal what is inside of us. How we talk about people reveals what is inside of us. Do we curse people? Do we gossip and slander and bear false witness? Or do we bless? And do we honor? And do we build people up? It tells us whether we are salt or fresh inside. It tells us where we are rooted, what kind of tree we are growing from inside of us. If you look back to 11.12, Proverbs 11.12 says, when we belittle our neighbor, we make them look small. When we want people to look smaller or lesser than us. Why is that? It's to make ourselves feel greater and bigger and better. James says that is the salt water inside of us. That's what's going on in the heart that wants to talk about people in that way and listen. It's a heart that needs to not feel so small, to not feel so insecure, to feel worthy, to feel better, to feel like someone. And the Bible says we can't just stop gossiping, slandering just by our willpower. We have to address what's inside. This is the second point in the message, how Jesus talks about us. Christianity says the gospel has the power to change what's at the root, what's inside of us, what's in the heart. So we no longer need what gossip can give to us. So we no longer need what slander and false witness gives to us. Now, Christianity doesn't deny that in every person, there are some things that are worthy of cursing, we could say. Rejection, shame, judgment. There are things about us that we want to hide, we want to deflect. Things that make us feel small and unworthy. And Christianity doesn't say, those things don't exist. You're too hard on yourself. Just speak nicely to yourself. Talk yourself out of them, no. The hard truth is the Bible says there's more of this happening. There's more of this that we have done than we even know and will ever know. And yet Jesus knows it all, and he took all of it onto himself. So it would no longer be ours, but it's his. So that our name and all of its stains all of the ways we feel like it's small and not enough, he says, I will take that. You can hide yourself in my name. Think about the life of Jesus. Jesus was gossiped about his entire ministry. That didn't really dawn on me that that's what was going on, but people said, he's a liar. People said, he has a demon. People said, he is insane, and people called him the devil. People talked about him even as he was crucified and dying. They were slandering him. They were lying about him. And he chose to experience all of this. His name made small. His name even written in words on the cross as he was dying. Why? Why come and experience this and allow this and do nothing to defend himself? 
It's in the defaming of the name of Jesus that he clears our names. And to get this inside of us, that despite our sin, we are not small. That despite our shame, we are not rejected. We are not inferior. We are greatly loved. We are greatly valued. We are forever approved in Jesus. And think about this. What is Jesus doing right now? Do you know what Jesus is doing right now? We know he came, he died, he lived, he rose again from the dead, he ascended. These are the the basic truths we believe about Jesus Christ. But there's something he's doing right now and will keep doing until he comes again. He's talking about you. Every person who places their faith in Jesus, right now in this moment, he is talking about you. We call it intercession or we call it advocacy. There's some references in your bulletin. 1 John 2 says, when we sin, if we sin, we will. But we have an advocate. Hebrews 7 says, he right now is living forever to make intercession for us. What is intercession? What is advocacy? He is talking about us to bless us. He is talking about us. And he is not saying, Did you just see what Eric did? Wow, what a loser. Did you hear about the thoughts and the motives he had today? That is so off and so, that's just terrible. What is he doing? He should be better by now. Is this guy a pastor? Is this guy a Christian? It doesn't look like it. No. Jesus' intercession and advocacy, it goes like this. There he is, there she is baptized in my name, a beloved and holy son and daughter. I delight in them. I rejoice over them. They are destined for glory. They're one of my called ones. They're one of the precious ones. Even though they stumble and struggle, I will do, and I have done, everything in my omnipotent power to free them of all sin, all stain, and all shame. Everything Jesus says about you right now is covered there. That is what he is saying. As we read earlier in Romans 8, who can make a charge against you? Who can talk about you in a way that you would lose your status and name before your heavenly Father? No one. That's the answer. It is God who declares you approved. Who can condemn you? Who can speak about you in a way that condemns you and makes you small and unworthy? No one. Because Jesus Christ lives to intercede for you. If you understand how Jesus talks about you, you'll never need to gossip. You'll never need to slander again. He knows it all about you, friends, but he never uses it against you. He says, count it against me. If we don't use talking about people and listening to talk about people to make ourselves feel big and better, we can chart a different course. Just a few final thoughts of application. Gossip, slander, and false witness. They are 
everywhere or ubiquitous. They're almost everywhere online and in social media and, and in the news. So much of it is listening and then talking about someone. We don't know them, and we will never personally know them. I'm talking about leaders. I'm talking about presidents, vice presidents, governors, public figures, celebrities, well-known pastors, other public figures, videos and posts that people we don't know that demean people, disrespect people who are made in God's likeness with royal dignity. I just want to say this. How we talk about people sets patterns in our lives and in our communities and in our relationships. How we listen to talk about other people sets patterns in our lives and our communities, in our relationships. And I just want to say what James says. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Let us be people who bless. How we talk about those whom we disagree with and differ with, they'll always be there, right? Can we disagree without demonizing? That seems very hard to do these days. Can we admit when we are wrong and they are right? Can we affirm common ground and affirm good in other people? I'm talking about people we don't agree with. I'm talking about people that do not live the way that we live. Can we always speak truthfully about them and their beliefs and their positions in a way that they themselves would say, that is what I believe, and not set up a false representation of who they are what they say and what they stand for. My brothers and sisters, that's how it should be. Finally, there is a competition Christians should win in any culture, the culture of our church and the culture of our communities and the culture of our country that we live in. And it is not the culture war, whatever you think that is. It is the honor war. Romans 12 12 says, Outdo one another in showing honor. There's the competition we should strive to win. No one's going to outdo me in honoring, in blessing, in speaking good of others. Paul says, bless those, even those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. My brothers and sisters, let it be so. Would you pray with me? God, we need this. We need to hear this. It's hard. Your words about how we speak about other people. It's a problem that we have. It's a problem that we live with all around us. And I pray for each person here, and I pray for us as a community that we could chart a different course. And I pray, would, I pray, would you get it deep into our souls? What you say about us. Jesus, we thank you that even now you are speaking blessing over us and in us. Would you open our hearts to believe it so that we wouldn't need anything that is offered to us in gossip, slander, and lying about other people, but we'd be so secure in your love that we could use our words to bless. In Christ's name I pray, amen.